Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Well, listen, in our current series, we are looking at life in limbo. How do we do life with God when our lives feel like they're a little bit stuck in this limbo state? And for many of us, that's how we've been feeling uh, in this lockdown. And um, limbo is a place of uncertainty. It's, it's that place of like an in-between where uh, we can be left feeling like we've just been left hanging or we're a bit stranded or up in the air or the rug's been pulled out under our feet and everything's just a bit unstable and uncertain. And it's not a comfortable place for us to be. It's not like our first pick. And I imagine that for all of us at various stages in this last 10 weeks or in the you know 18 months or more that we've had of this COVID uh, journey, that all of us would have experienced some degree of disappointment or frustration, loss, sadness, anger, disorientation, and, and we're hurting in various ways, but we don't always know what to do with those emotions, particularly uh, in relationship with God. Depending on our backgrounds, the, um, the, the way that we were raised, our personality type, the church history that we have, um, some of the teaching we may have had around um, what to do with some of these emotions with, with God, we, we just can get a little bit stuck sometimes with these, not really knowing what to do with them. And some of you may be feeling like uh, you're so busy in this season, just holding everything together to get through a day that you can't allow yourself to go there uh, for fear that your grief or your sadness or your overwhelmed um, feelings or anxiety will just overflow and leak out um, uncontrollably. I know that some of you are doing just fine in this season, which is wonderful. And if that's you, you'll still be able to take something away today that you can file away for a future date. Because the reality is for all of us, as we do a lifetime with Jesus, we are going to encounter times and seasons that are gonna stretch us and overwhelm us along the way. And we're going to have big emotions uh, along the way as well. So hopefully today, there's gonna to be something, it's a bit like eat the chicken, throw away the bones. Take the things that God catches your heart and your attention with, grab a hold of those and let those sink deep within you and allow God to do something with those uh, for you today. So we're going to spend some time today exploring what it looks like for us to learn how to lament. Now lament isn't a word that we use terribly often. Another word for it could be grief. But we're going to use the biblical word for it, which is lament. And we're going to unpack that, look at what that looks like for us in this season. But before we do that, why don't we pray together? Father, we thank you that you are present in all of life's circumstances, that uh, you are not surprised by any of our emotional responses when things are hard, as well as the joyous responses that we have when things are wonderful. God, thank you so much that you gave us the gift of Jesus that enables us to have relationship with you where we can do all of our life with you. And I pray, Lord, that you would come now and that you would meet each one of us just where we're at today. I pray for your comfort to come where it's needed, your courage to come where it is needed. 
And Lord, that you would guide us and open our hearts to this um, expanded version of prayer that we can step into today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so what is lament? It's not a word that we're necessarily familiar with. It's not one that we tend to use in our conversations with one another. Although I have to say, it actually has come up in some of my conversations with people over this last 10 weeks, which is why we thought it would be helpful to unpack a little bit. Lament is this passionate expression of grief or sorrow. And it's more than just feeling the feelings, feeling that heartache or feeling the disappointment or anger. It's taking those feelings and bringing them to God as openly and as honestly as we are able and admitting those to him, sort of laying them in front of him and just going, look, this is how I feel. And, and some of those confusing big emotions that we don't always even have words for, sometimes it's just tears that we bring and we, we turn those tears into prayer with God. Because lament recognizes and expresses that unique tension that there is for us as we do life following Jesus. We live in this time in the in-between. The in we call it uh, the now and the not yet. The, the time between when Jesus died and then rose again and the time when he will return. So we get these glimpses of his kingdom, of his way of doing things when all things are put right. We see glimpses of that, but we don't get to see its fullness and that creates a tension for us. Lament is a distinctly Christian response to when things are hard. Rich Belotus, who is a pastor and an author, and he wrote a wonderful book that, that just came out this year called A Deeply Formed Life. He says this, the same Bible that tells us to rejoice always has a book called Lamentations. We don't have to choose one from the other. Good, healthy, Christian faith is non-dualistic and able to hold multiple tensions together at the same time. That sounds easy, but it isn't. It's actually quite hard. But that's one of the complexities and the wonders of being human is that we're able to hold quite different emotions and ideas together at the same time. Lament is a place where we can do that where we offer all that we're feeling, the state of our heart, the state of our lives, and bring it all before God. And we say, I believe, but I'm hurting. I know, but I have doubts. I trust, but I have questions. I'm heartbroken, and yet I have hope. It's almost like two sides of the same coin. And it's because we know Jesus that we hold hope alongside of heartache. We have doubt at the same time as confidence. It's, it's this funny combination and, and that's why we need to wrestle with this thing. Lament gives us a place to be present to the complexity of holding those things together but not getting stuck anywhere along the way because lament moves us. A wonderful quote from Mark Vrogup. I probably said his name wrong, but he's a pastor and author in the States. And he says this, lament talks to God about pain and it has a unique purpose, trust. It is a divinely given invitation to pour out our fears, frustrations and sorrows for the purpose of helping us to renew our confidence in God. There's a purpose to lament. It's not just feeling the feelings and not doing anything with them or getting completely stuck in them. 
It's taking those feelings and turning towards God with them. You know, over a third of our Psalms are Psalms of lament. They are written for individuals, they are written for communities to lament, to grieve, to be sorry, to be upset, to be angry, to be disappointed. We can do that individually and we can learn to do that with one another. Suffering and pain and grief may not be our most favorite words and I have to say that I am I struggle with these and over the years I'm, I'm having to grow and learn and being able to not necessarily be comfortable but kind of comfortable to be able to sit in those places and not to just run away from them or deny them because it's important that I acknowledge them because emotions are information, they are telling us something so we don't want to ignore a whole bunch of them. And our Psalms are not afraid of going there. You know, um, we see God in Psalms giving loads of reassurance that he's not put off by any of these big, overwhelming and strong emotions. And we don't need to feel like we have to hide them away or keep them from him. In fact, Jesus used the book of Psalms as his prayer book and he drew on them in his own prayers. And we see that uh, in his time when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's going back to Psalms to, to draw um, a lament there as he's wrestling that night. In fact, our lament shows our belief like few other expressions can because lament turns toward and reaches out to God. When our logic or our emotion may be urging us to turn away, to run away and to hide. So lament has this movement that's turning us towards God in the midst of our emotions, in the midst of the hard things and coming before God with them. So the way that a psalm of lament would unfold follows a rhythm and a movement within that. And we're given examples of that over and over through scripture. And, you know, as I say, there's a whole chunk in psalms, but we find them in multiple other places. Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, uh, we see some of the prayers of Jesus and some of the disciples. Uh, even when we hear about God's broken heart uh, as he looks at the state of his people at times. But there's four movements I want us to notice today. First of all, we see the psalmist turning to God. This shows us, as they are doing that, that they believe that God is with them. That that is a statement of uh, profound faith right in the midst of their pain. That in the midst of their hardship, they are choosing to talk to God about it. The second thing they do is they bring their complaint to him. And it's like a no holds barred, straight from the heart, honest, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on in life right now. They don't hold anything back. The third thing that happens is they ask for God's help in their pain and while they're experiencing their pain or hardship. And that would show us that they, even though they have doubt, even though there are all these hard things going on for them, they still have confidence that God can do something about their circumstances and that he can be present to them in the midst of it. And the final thing that we see is this movement towards trust, where they choose to trust God in that moment. And their choice to trust God as they cry out, they're crying out for deliverance and at the same time saying, and I will trust you. 
Jesus models that for us. We may well have experienced that for us. I know that in talking to a number of you about your seasons of loss or disappointment or grief, that that, that is your experience. And so what we thought we'd do is actually just take a listen to one of these Psalms. So we've asked Pete and Trish Manser if they would read a compilation from Psalm 22. So let's tune in for that. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? From the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our ancestors trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth. And since my mother bore me, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax that is melted within my breast. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, but you, O Lord, do not be far away. O my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. From the horns of the wild oxen, you have rescued me. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but I heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. To him indeed shall all who sleep on the earth bow down before him, shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Thanks, Pete and Trish. So did you hear that movement as they read through those excerpts from Psalm 22? We get to hear and see the psalmist are turning to God with raw, unadulterated honesty and pain, seeking God's help and deliverance, and choosing to trust and surrender to God. Why would we want to learn how to lament? Like, why is this even an important thing for us? Uh, Paul Miller, who wrote a book called A Praying Life, says this, There is no such thing as a lament-free life. To love is to lament, to let your heart be broken by something. And if you don't lament over the broken things in your world, then your heart shuts down. 
Your living, vital relationship with God dies a slow death because you open the door to unseen doubt and become quietly cynical. Cynicism moves you away from God. Lament pushes you into his presence. So simply put, friends, if we want to live our lives with God, with real authenticity and substance, if we want to cultivate a faith that's going to last a lifetime, no matter what life may contain, then learning to lament is one of the essential tools in our spiritual practice toolkit. It's going to save us from cynicism and bitterness and unbelief and disconnection from God. Learning to lament is going to help us to navigate all of the mountains and the valleys that we're going to experience in our lives. And it helps us to keep choosing to follow, to keep choosing to trust, to remind ourselves of the confidence that we can have in God, regardless of our circumstances. That's why we want to learn to lament. Jeff Bridges wrote a book called Trusting God Even When Life Hurts, and he defined a life of trust this way. Trust is not a passive state of mind. It is a vigorous act of the soul by which we choose to lay hold of the promises of God and we cling to them despite the adversity that at times seeks to overwhelm us. Lament helps us to do this. So how do we learn how to lament well and how does it actually help us in practice? I jumped onto a Zoom call with a friend of mine in Australia just a couple days ago. Di Hocking is the lead pastor at Yarra Valley Vineyard in uh, just outside of Melbourne in Victoria, Australia. And as you know, Victoria has experienced one of the longest lockdowns and strictest um, restrictions in the world. They're actually just coming out of lockdown on uh, just on Friday, uh, just been. And uh, that is the end of a 77 or 78 day, but their total number of days of lockdown is over 300. And so I talked to her about um, some of her journey as well as how they have done that um, together uh, in learning how to lament and how they've been able to grow in that and how it's helped them along the way. So have a listen and listen out for the things that God catches your attention with. Here we go. Um, as you know, we have been having a conversation off and on for years about uh, lament, which you reminded me of, actually, as we were entering our lockdown that we're in right now. And uh, I just wanted to touch base with you and just get some of your thoughts on how it is that we can grow and learn how to lament mm -hmm. and, and just how you've seen that be helpful, both in your own life as well as in the lives of people that you've walked alongside. Yeah, great. Thanks. Hi, Coasties. Good to be with you today. Yeah, lament's a word that we often don't use. And, and so I guess for us, um, we've been using the word grief, which is leading us towards this whole thing about lament, because grief's maybe more acceptable right now, and lament's a, a word that may be a little bit older. And um, for me, I kind of stumbled into it last year during our lockdown as I was... Um, having a memory of a song from the 70s, crazy 100 years ago song <laughs> by a group called Boney M. And they, they had this really catchy kind of Caribbean um, song that they were singing and it was by the rivers of Babylon where we sat lay down and we sang a song as we wept. And these songs and these lyrics kept coming back in a memory. 
And it reminded me that that's a psalm. And that was an anthem also from my memory. And so laments a little bit like that. There are songs and big stories from our memories that God's wanting to bring to the surface at this time so that we can express our pain. And so Jacinda, I just started this journey last year of trying to find a new language about lament and grief. And it's not a comfortable journey for us Westerners, mm. <laughs> right? It's true. Yeah. And yeah. so um, the Psalms then, having had that little hunch from the spirit that there was a song about the Psalms, I really started to dig into the Psalms and begin to clunkily find a language about expressing grief, expressing all those emotions of sadness questions, anger, all that emotion that we sit with as humans when we're in crisis or when things are not normal or when there's loss around us. And, you know, that's another part of our relationship with God that we can discover. And with a new language, we can also discover that together there's something we can share in that. And so, yes, yeah. I, I just wanted to share a couple of things that we've learnt for me individually but also as a, as a community how we've looked at grief and how we've looked at lament without using the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm using the word today, but, yeah, it's not one we use in our normal language, is it? And yet it's it's deeply scriptural. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but it is. It is finding new language for these things that we kind of don't always quite know what to do with. Yeah, and it's really important to name it. I'm so glad that you're calling it what it is. It's called lament and it's part of our relationship with God. Yeah. 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 So with this new language, I, I also just started to reflect on times when people were squeezed in life or life looked differently. And so I started to look at things at the times when David was in the cave and the words that came out of his mouth in those caves and the songs that came out of his mouth in those caves were powerful, honest moments with his God. Yeah. There were also moments um, I, I was thinking of, you know, the Apostle Paul when he was in jail, right? We've all been thinking about being, you know, enclosed and the words that came out, the prayers, the letters that came out. So not only do we have songs that come out of lament, we also had amazing letters that come out of places like this out of sadness but also out of constraint. And um, so lament can be a part, something that emerges out of those painful moments when we're feeling like we've lost everything. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, finding a language for that uh, by just looking at some of the expressions that we see in scripture was really helpful. And then I also discovered quite a lot of books that helped yeah, there's some good ones. language. There's a lot. Yeah. And so last year, even um, N.T. Wright's book about um, God and the pandemic, I don't know if anyone's read that, but if you haven't and you're still struggling with what's this pandemic in, in terms of reflection as a Christian, mm. I just found that language really helpful. He had a whole chapter on lament and it was very helpful for me. And what it led to was some of this just getting my own language. We invited the church into that. So Yarra Valley Vineyard, we discovered that um, by digging into the Psalms, there were things for our whole community to hear from our personal reflections. We began to get a language from the Psalms. And so we had a whole series on Let the Psalms Speak. And just like we're online now, we had four voices every week and they would let the Psalms speak. With whatever role you had in life, the Psalms can speak. And so we had teenagers, we had um, people that are working in really high-powered jobs, we had people that, you know, just are at home waiting for this next thing to happen. 
and the Psalms spoke through that, through our angst, and it was such a helpful thing. So, yeah, we, we began to get a language for that. And, in fact, this um, last lockdown for Sydney, there's another vineyard church that they did the same sort of thing but with the Book of Lamentations. Ah, yeah. And, and so they were doing almost like activations at the end of their, their messages. And um, if you want to see one, if you check out Cabramatta Vineyard in New South Wales online, they've got how to write a lament. And they take you through a step of how do you get in touch with your feelings and then write a lament. So it's just really fun to see that we're all on this journey together, hey. Yeah, that's very cool because I hadn't told you that that's one of the things we're going to do at the end of today. <laughs> yeah so at the end of the service the invitation is for us to be able to step into that ourselves and and to do exactly that borrow words from psalms you know i think that's one of the beautiful things about psalms eh, is it just gives us all this language for whatever it is that we're going through um in life but um i love that that's so great well, that's fun. Don't go to that website. Just do what Jacinda says today and you're going to have a great And then experience. we can look at the website and we can get extra <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We could be creating a whole bunch of our own poems and prayers <laughs> and songs uh, out of today. So, yeah, that's, that's so I encouraging. Think, I think there is an expression to look for. There is something that wants to emerge out of you, out of us at this point, and, and we're looking for it and we're leaning into it. And so part of our personal journeys is that we discover a new side of God that perhaps we haven't also seen as we find he's our refuge and we find a whole different language of, wow, that's who you are for me in this moment in my pain. Um, but then our challenge right now that we're considering is what do we do with all that new language as we come back together and we're carrying a, a whole load of grief that we need together to be able to express. And so we, um, we're not sure whether it's a God thought or a good thought, but one of the first things we're going to do when we're coming back together is to have a grief and gratitude day where the whole day we'll just be helping um each of us to process with others mm. um, in fun ways <laughs> through eating together, through doing some activities around parallels of what it might feel like to get some of these big feelings out, but also process and leave behind the grief that we've been carrying for this season. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that and we have no idea when we're going to be allowed yeah. to do that. Yeah. But we just really feel that's an important part of our culture of being able to lament together as well. And aren't we so fortunate in the vineyard to be able to have so much expression that allows that to happen? Because we know there are a lot of cultures where it's a little bit hard to be able to say without your faith being questioned that you have a question about what's happening right now or you're struggling with um, sadness or that's often um, shut down in some contexts. Yeah. And here we're saying, no, we want to open that right up because God wants to be coming right into that space. Well, as we come to a close today, I want to give us an opportunity to do something with what we've heard. We're going to create some time for us to write our own Psalms of Lament. You might want to do this on your own, or you might want to invite your children or your teenagers to join you and to do their own with you. All of us have got stuff that we're processing right now. The last few days have been hard for a lot of us as we continue to face an extended lockdown season. And so today, being able to bring everything that we're feeling as we work that through to God in the form of lament is a helpful thing. 
You might want to ask someone in your bubble to pray for you after you've done this or someone else that you're connected with outside of your bubble because things may come up for you as you give space to be actually able to be honest about some of this stuff with yourself and with God. We're going to have some prompts come up on the screen. There's a couple of questions for you to consider, those four movements that we saw within uh, a lament movement. All of that will stay on the screen with a timer and there'll be a song playing in behind, which is a song of lament. And when we're finished up today, just take some time with it. You probably won't get this written in the time that we're giving you. It's a starting point that you're going to be able to continue on with at a time that works for you. Mark Vogrip, he says this to us, to cry is to be human, but to lament is Christian. And this is a moment for us to be able to turn towards God in the midst of whatever we're feeling and facing today. If you find it hard to get started, just grab your Bible and you could borrow some of the words from Psalm 22 that we heard today or Psalm 13 or Psalm 10 are places where we can go. But why don't we start, I'm going to read a piece of Psalm 17, 6 to 8 as a prayer for us as we step into this space. And then we're just going to let you go. So this is how we're going to finish today. Why don't we pray? I am praying to you because I know that you will answer, O oh God. Bend down and listen as I pray. Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. By your mighty power, you rescue those who seek refuge from their enemies. So guard me as you would guard your own eyes and hide me in the shadow of your wings. So Lord, as we step into this space of lament, as we bring our words to you, our prayers to you, our cries to you, I pray that now by the power of your Holy Spirit, that this would be a moment of encounter for us to be able to meet with you this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Go well, friends. Make the most of this opportunity, and may it add something to how you go forward. See you soon. said yes to yesterday Before I knew what it would take Before the night would take my breath away I said yes to yesterday I said yes to yesterday the fear before the pain before the years would make my courage fade I said yes to yesterday I watched too many heroes fall from grace and seen too many children walk Somehow in the hour of bitter change Still your love remains I'm staring at my failures in the face
But somehow even in my darkest days Still your love remains Still your love remains And I'm still holding on to you I'm still chasing after you I'm still dreaming, still believing That you were on, you were on the move That you were on, you were on the move Cause I said yes to yesterday But Father, you still have my yesterday I said yes to yesterday But Jesus, you still have my yesterday Jesus, you still have my yesterday Jesus, you still have my yesterday Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.